it's better so. than it was with <laughs> Allie. I mean, that was Mike Morris, the former long snapper for the Minnesota Vikings. He was on Power Trip, wasn't he? Yeah, the superstar Mike Morris. No, I'm talking Half-Ass Morning Show on 93X. Oh, I thought you said the Power Trip. No, no, no. Hams. Uh, Hams. Don't move past that spot. Dude. All right. You're a blowout boy. We don't need I, that. I'm listening to, uh, or I just always do it how I feel comfortable. I know. No, because, like, the Half-Ass Morning Show, they got rid of Weasel. And it sucked for a while. Yeah. The, yeah they got rid of but him. Weasel also got fired for sexual harassment. That's not great. They got rid of him in a in the Clear Channel purge. That's the same the same time they got rid of Superstar Mike Mar- Morris. They got uh, rid of him. Remember when they used to have uh Chris Cluey? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. He would be Chris on, Warcraft. Chris Warcraft. <laughs> he would be on there all the time. Dude. Like, every morning I get in my car and I start it up and it's like, okay, I listen to Barrero on the way home. And he's then it, too grumpy. I don't like him. He's man, way I, too grumpy. He's grumpy, but I, I don't mind his takes and everything. But, no, it's like the power trip is on when I start my car up and it's 30 seconds of that and I'm like, oh my god, you guys rely on fucking dick jokes. That's and it. that's <laughs> it. And they, Like, that's all it is, is like... Dude, this chick is so hot. I have such a boner. Who's the one old one who's always like, oh, all these chicks want to do me? He's on. He's in the morning show. He Chris sounds Hockey? really old. No, no, no. Ninety three X. Oh, Nick. Maybe. Yeah, no. He's he's the oldest one. On he sounds there. like Tom Bernard, kind of. Yeah, no, that's Nick. Okay, all right. All Listen, I mean, half of his me. stories, I'm sure, are made up. But you know what? He's entertaining. That's all that matters. I do have something I want. I have two things I would like to talk about. Can you do me a favor yes. and talk about those two things while I add sugar to my coffee? I can. Thank you. So, have either of you gentlemen seen the movie uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer? I have. No, you haven't have. even heard of it. Okay, Adam. <clears throat> do you Isn't like... that what your guys' Between the Bumbles was about Yeah, this because week? because I literally had just watched that, then edited the show, and I was like, well, this fits, whatever. You rewatched it, or was that the first? It was first the first time I've ever watched it. Oh, wow. It. So Brad was way ahead of the curve on you on that one. He's seen that before? Brad saw it, like, when it came out. He rented it on Google. Really? Like, while it was still in theater, yeah. Okay, did you like it? <laughs> okay, so uh, there's two scenes I want to talk about, not spoilers at all. So first off... I don't understand why they all act like and this might be offensive. They're on the spectrum. Okay. Um, do you did you notice that? I did. Every single and I know they're not bad actors because Nicole Kidman is not a bad actor or actress. Actor. Oh yeah, actor. And uh, I don't think Colin Farrell's a bad actor either. No. But they all are like just like robots, basically. Anyway, so the first part where they're having sex and he's like. Is this general general anesthetic anesthesia? And she just like lays on the bed, and then he's like, "Cause they're doctors, right? Right. That is so creepy, yeah, right? It's, it's not fantastic. Like, well, I mean, I guess if that's your kink, but it's like I feel like a doctor. It's, if he's doing that with his wife, then with the patients, you can't trust that, right? Man, it seems inhuman. <laughs> yeah, like it really seems like none of those people are real. Uh, and then the scene I want to talk about that reminds me of Jordan and his dad. Oh, God. <laughs> is <laughs> where he's talking to his son. He's like, let me tell you a secret, son. I The first time I jerked off, not much cum came, or cum came out, right. so I was a little worried. So I snuck into my dad's bedroom, and I started masturbating him while I was sleeping, and he right. shot cum everywhere, and I got scared, and I ran. I'm like, 
Did you just admit to jerking your dad off while he was sleeping? Brad brought up similar concerns during that part, yeah. What the hell? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, That movie, I don't know, man. I'm going to go see The Hunt tomorrow. Ooh. You know what? I liked that part until they said... White people are crazy. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay. No, we Mr. are, though. I know that, but it's like, I feel like it's just overplayed a little bit at this point. Like, Adam, Peel already made two two goddamn yeah. movies about it, so let's yeah. just chill for a little bit. <laughs> but it's, it's just like some old white guy's like, man, you white people are crazy. <laughs> okay. it, does ha- it does have a uh, girl, or boys don't cry girl. I can't think of her name. She's really she's really big actress back in like the early two thousands. Uh, Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm t- movie I'm talking about? No, Boys don't cry. No, I don't. No. Uh, and she was, I think she was in one of the Clint Eastwood movies. She was the girl uh, in the one, the female boxer. Oh, uh, the hell's her name? Million Dollar Baby. Um, yeah, I can't think of her name. Is she great actress? Is, is she ugly or is she not ugly? That was the whole Office <laughs> episode was about it. Um. Hillary Swank. Yeah, Hillary Swank. Yeah, mm. she's in that movie. Okay. So, it could be good. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go give it a shot. The last movie I saw was the Impractical Jokesters movie, and that was great. That was real in good. In theaters? Mm-hmm. Really? Last week I went. It was fantastic. I didn't even know they had yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. The last movie I saw in theaters was uh, Frozen 2. <laughs> Yikes. Dude, you know, it was fucking great. I don't know. I, I remember I watched the uh, this movie literally called Frozen, right? Yeah. But it's the horror movie one about mm. the ski lift. Have you ever no. heard of that one? It's actually not bad. And I remember I was going to post my Instagram. I was like, I don't know why parents are letting their kids watch this. A man gets eaten by uh, eaten alive by wolves. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is kid-friendly. <laughs> uh, last night I watched a horror film on okay. Comcast. Or Xfinity, whatever it is. I can't remember what the hell the movie was called. Uh, it had 83% Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And I had never heard of it. It was about, like, prairie demons. This lady, Prairie demon. Yeah, these people are, like, homesteaders. And they move out to, like, Kansas something. I can't remember where they are. And then there's, like, demons. Huh. And they fuck with you. What do you know? What uh, channel it played off of? No, but it was free to me on Netflix. So I'm thinking HBO or Showtime. It was Showtime. Oh, okay. Showtime. Okay, I don't have Showtime, but uh, uh, I'll I remember. What that is. It, well, between the bumbles, we'll look it up. Okay, I'll yeah. look it up. Was it good? Would you recommend it? Nah, it was <laughs> contrived. It was trying too hard. It was really trying too hard. You so know, it's not as good as like Lord of the G Strings. You know, Lord of the G-Strings is, uh, <laughs> the whole G-Strings uh, series is. That sounds like an adult film, Jordan. Uh, it is Cinemax Softcore. Yeah. Ah, Cinemax. Listen, okay. I was like fresh out of high school when that one came out. You seem like a Red Shoe- Shoes Diaries boy. What the fuck is that? Don't How do you even not know? act like you don't know what that Everyone is. Everyone knows Red Shoes Diaries. It had uh, David Duchovny in it. Mm-hmm. It had... Craig, I can't think of his name, James Bond. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Uh, they bo- It's a softcore porn show, and both of them two were in them. If, in he, was, if he was Japanese, he would be Craig Daniel-san. <laughs> but, but since we're in America, he's Daniel Craig. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was actually thinking about this. I think in horror movies, I think like as far as countries go, it's probably America, Japan, Korea. Italy. Uh, I put Italy above Korea. 
but I like the the floating the floating stuff. That only happens in Korean films. Korean Korean films are good. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're only coming from South. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes, we're not getting shit what, from North. Are you telling me you wouldn't watch yeah, a North would, Korean would, film? I'd watch it. I would, Sloan. especially with those. I would listen to a whole podcast about these four American GI Joes. Well, you know, they were there for the Korean War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they defected and became like the biggest movie stars of North Korea of all really? time. Yeah. And then two of them, they all ended up hating each other for being, like, in <laughs> Korean Hollywood. <laughs> and then two of them defected away, and then two of them are married and in, like, high high standing with the Korean government. I North suppose government. if you're in high standing in North Korea, your life's great. But like Dennis Rodman. That means you actually get to eat. Yeah, yeah. everybody else, not true. so great. True And true. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly who knows what it'll be about? This week it's me again, and next week it'll be me again. Sorry, Jordan, you've been rescheduled. <laughs> what? That's yep. right. I'm sorry. This is a two-parter. I thought I was going to be able to get it Man. out one. Uh, who knows? Certainly not me. My name's Adam. Sitting, sitting across me this week is the person who I've revoked, and that is Jordan. Mm. Hello, Jordan. Hi, Adam. I heard you got a package today. I did. It was a lot of baby clothes. That's right. Uh, It's Mandy Ward. Our very good fan, Mandy Ward. Not only is she our highest donating patron, Mm. um, she also gifted us beautiful things, an Amazon gift card and a shitload of stuff for Jordan's baby. A bunch of cute Um, little fox clothes for little baby fox. And a wonderful letter. Don't mind his ignorance. He loves the clothing. I, I, I do. It is much appreciated. I mean, right now we're, we're... Finally, like, coming to the stretch where it's like, oh, this is how much everything is going to cost. <laughs> so, like, that – it was a lot of stuff. And it was. It's it was, uh, very, very much appreciated. I. It's funny, the little bowtie suspenders. I could have swore. Oh, my God. You, I, when I first looked at it, I was like, "Can is Jordan going to wear – I thought it was a joke. That Jordan was oh, going right. to wear a bow tie right. suspenders. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, this is a little too, like, this is a little too small for him. So. And then you're like, oh, yeah, the rest of this is baby stuff. So this yeah. might be for the baby. Oh, yeah, Jordan's having a kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it was amazing. Uh, thank you so thank much. You, yes. Um, She, yeah, she said she was really happy about her shirt. I'm, Fuck I'm, yeah. Everybody seems to be really happy with their shirts. So. I still haven't gotten mine. <laughs> Well, you're a low priority. Yeah, that's very true. bottom tier. (laughs) That's very true. Uh, Let let me see here. We will make a post very soon about our remaining stock, and we're going to do a reorder, I think, pretty soon. Yep, yep, yep. So that's going to be fucking great. That's going to be great. And then there'll be mass available for the public, everybody, everybody, and anybody. That's anybody. Yep, we'll make it really easy. Um, Basically, I'll I'll make a post about it. It's going to be PayPal, where I created an entire new tier on Patreon. You can donate to that, and we'll send you a shirt. Listen so, to this yeah. kid. All See, right. I'm Good job. Cody on top of shit. On top of the game. Also sitting across from me is the man on top of the game, and that is Cody. <laughs> Hello. Hey, bud. How's it going? How was your week? <sighs> it was weak. You it got was, through it. it. It wasn't quite as bad because it wasn't quite as busy at work except sure. for today. Today uh, was busy? Brad. Well, Brad might have gotten coronavirus, and mm. he didn't come in, mm. so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 starting to turn in. Did you watch the YouTube video that our job sent out? 
regarding the coronavirus. Oh, on oh, text? Yeah. I blocked him a long time ago. Oh, yeah. They have a YouTube video of a lady basically reading a script, and she makes zero sense. It's basically like, I'm not going to say anything. You're going to get a letter about the procedures to do. Oh. It's just like, why did you even talk about any of this? This then? was like yeah. a, this was a stopgap video yeah. until the official literature yeah. came out. Like it made zero sense. Yeah. Did you read the packet, the coronavirus packet? I don't think I got it yet. Uh it was in the command center, the little where Andrew and Big Eej sit. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't congregate over there. Uh yeah, and I got, <laughs> and I was also involved in a screaming match involving. I heard our good old man. You need to just challenge him to like an arm wrestling match or a duel. Wait, what's happening now? Yeah, I'll talk about it off, <laughs> off, off the, off the broadcast. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it. We got to get into it. We got Let's a long it. one. Hell yeah! It's oh, gonna Jesus. be the beginning of a two-parter, my boys. Hell all right? yeah! All right, now you may have heard of these people. Mm. You may not have. Mm. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, this is the Ant Hill Kids. I'm, I'm I'm quite familiar with them. Never I'm heard. guessing Jordan is not. No, I'm not, not at all. Well, Jordan, you and the rest of our fans can get familiarized at the same time. Ooh, Let wonderful! Me, I'm I'm not gonna say. We'll anything. be in shock and awe. Together. I'm not gonna say anything, but I've been thinking about this, Jordan. In your head, envision a man who pro a Canadian man, Canadian who was probably a dishonorably discharged. Canadian Marine, if they even have that, and now he sits at home on YouTube talking about libtards. That's what this man looks yeah. like. Okay. To yes, yes. So he, yes. so it's an older man who makes maple syrup moonshine, <laughs> and he's got a big old Moses beard. I, I don't right. think he's smart enough Let's to make maple syrup fucking moonshine. Go. He's creepy. I'll tell you that. Rosh Terrio is the subject this week. A Canadian cult leader who led the small religious group known as the Ant Hill Kids from 1977 to 1989. Terrio claimed he was a prophet named Moses and founded a doomsday cult based in Seventh-day Adventist beliefs. Before all was said and done, Terrio would end up with 26 children, a pile of dead bodies, and enough physical and sexual abuse to last a thousand lifetimes. Yeah, he's... He's fucked. He's very fucked. Rosh Terrio was born in 1947 as the second of nine children and the oldest boy to Hyacinth and Pierrette Terrio <laughs> in a small town. <laughs> Hyacinth? I don't know. I don't know. I, I like it. I'm digging it. In Here's a, my wife, Hyacinth. No, nope, that's the husband. <laughs> oh, what? Hyacinth is the husband. Pierrette is the wife. Here's my husband, Hyacinth, and my <laughs> uncle, Tulip. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, just the... Okay, continue. They were brought up in a small town called Thetford Mines. From an early age, he was considered bright, outgoing, and seen to enjoy learning. Yeah, with a name like Hyacinth, you're gonna be fucking outgoing. <laughs> well, this is our boy, Rosh, again. But, I mean, even, I don't care. Even his name is unique. Uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Seventh grade was as far as he or any of the Terrio kids would go. Which is fortunate, because that's as high as the local school went. Really? In Canada? Just uh, in this little Thetford Mines part. I was just thinking, do you, would you actually want to live in a town that has where you're going to be enslaved to work at in the title? <laughs> no, I don't no. want to. I don't want to move to Walmartburg hey, or no, anything like that. It's guaranteed employment. It you is. Mason, I mean... Masonry mine in <laughs> yeah. fucking Wisconsin. I don't think you Masonville. Oh. <laughs> Masonville. Ugh. Rosh would later describe his parents, particularly his father, as abusive. 
Hyacinth, on the other hand, denies any more than spankings, and family friends, along with classmates of Rosh, agree that abuse never happened. Hyacinth was a career laborer and devoutly religious, as in joining a special fascist offshoot of the Catholics called the White Berets Devout. Wow. Rosh was forced to go along on missions, passing out literature door-to-door like several other religions do. Because of this, he developed a biting hatred for organized religion, specifically the Catholics. It's kind of ironic <laughs> what he's yeah. about to do. <laughs> so, I was like, do you think Catholics would attach themselves to fascists? This was... Or is it just like Well, this a... was... Since it was 47 when mm, Rosh was born, yeah, so yeah. it was around the time of the war when Hitler was uh, the hero of all. So this little group, these white berets, they were super into religion and super into man above woman and all that, you know, all they, the Maxo stuff they, there. I mean, there is a big belief that the Vatican was giving Germany money during yeah. world war two. I think so. that's proven, isn't it? Uh, I feel like they lost the records. Right. They <laughs> yeah. lost the records. Hey, we that. lost the Epstein footage too. Because so. believe it or not, uh, <laughs> old school Catholics don't like Jews very much. No, so. gosh, no. <laughs> they went on a few of those crusades over it. Uh, speaking of records, as far as any are concerned, Rosh didn't have shit to complain about. He just had to spend religious time with his weird dad. As Terrio aged, it came to him he could garner sympathy if he complained about his family. And the fact that he was a true blue nerd made him seem broodingly intelligent. And when I say nerd, I mean it. He wasn't overall intelligent, he just had very impressive knowledge of very specific subjects. And like all nerds, he began to crave attention. How do you how do you be a nerd in 1940s or 50s? Uh, well, you put on your little Melvin glasses, <laughs> you, put a, you put a bicycle card in your spokes, and you, 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 you rev around town. It's funny, the 50s nerd is what we call today as probably like a inner city hipster. True, yeah. man. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all about the time period. That's all. It, well, that's and probably they these hipsters have better social graces than mm, than he than does the, than the yeah. nerds. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? I mean, was he always kind of a thicker boy? Do you he know? was always bigger, bigger. Yeah, yeah. A, a big Canadian wilderness kid. <laughs> you know? Rosh had a penchant for showmanship. Add in his impressive frame, beard, and a splash of religion, he would be able to lap up all the attention his greedy little tummy could take. November 11th, 1967, here comes the bride. He marries Francine Grenier, a girl from the next town over. The couple moved to Montreal, mm. and over the next three years, she would bear him two sons, Rosh Jr. and Francis. It's two sons, we've got 24 more to go. Twenty-four, Two down, <laughs> 24 to go. Terrio developed some serious ulcers in this three-year window, which had to be surgically removed. Complications from the surgery caused lifelong persistent discomfort in the digestive tract and furthered his irritability. <sighs> I, I, you know what? I've wondered sometimes if I have ulcers. I don't know if you have as well, but when I don't my, want them. When my goddamn reflux is kicking, yeah. that's when I wonder if I'm... Uh, but then I'm like, oh yeah, I ate a gallon of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I, whenever I eat really like greasy meats, mm. I'm oh, just, yeah. it's just like... The salam... Salami, pepperoni, Pork. Any yeah, it's Man, just, it I like have, flares up. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that. I don't know how you've been like usually drinking amplifies all of that, and Definitely. you're over and smoking and Dude, smoking. I drink, yes. I smoke, I eat like shit. Maybe you're just a demi. <laughs> maybe you're the Highlander. He's a German. 
You gotta cut his head off. <laughs> I'm I'm a god amongst men. Are you Connor? Are you Connor McLeod? Was that his name? Kevin McLeod. Yeah, Kev- no, he'd be the other guy. What's the other guy, the bad guy's name? I can't remember. He has a sweet last name. I yeah, can't he does. Remember it? He's an ugly son of a bitch. Yes, Whoever he is. the actor is. Well, then it fits. No, you're a beautiful boy. No. This event would spur on a never-ending obsession with anatomy and medicine. The surgery, that is. He moved his family back to Thetford Mines and started his new career as an amateur woodworker <laughs> and local municipal politician. He also I built you a coffee table. <laughs> the legs are two by fours and plywood on top, but hey, I'm an amateur. <laughs> yeah, uh, one day I'll be able to saw it or something. He also joined the French version of the Shriners called Le Club Armée, mm. and he used the club as his personal pulpit to start forming his parody of Catholicism right under the Catholic noses of all the other members. Wow. I uh, knew this story had something to do with French Canadians. Oh, yeah. And I think you're starting it oh. right now. This is a French-Canadian is Mo- field day. Is Montreal... French Canada, yes. Is it? It's okay. called oh, Montreal. Yeah. Montreal. Okay. I was, like, their uh, hockey team is the Canadians. I thought it was, like, mainly Quebec, and they're, like, stuck there. I they mean, don't let them go out it, of that. It's a lot of Canada is French Canada. Okay. Mm. Right. A lot of fur trappers up there. <laughs> he would also acquire a new interest in sex and sexuality, which pleased neither his wife nor his in-laws. Rosh Terrio took to the bottle hard. He was using his amateur wood sculpting sales as an excuse to leave Thetford Mines for the exotic Quebec City every weekend. Mm. Here he would fuck anyone and everyone that he met. <laughs> Jesus. Giselle, who will become important momentarily, Tom was Brady's one of these wife? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Giselle Bündchen. <laughs> the, the, new, the New England Patriots witch. That's what I call her. <laughs> What? <laughs> she about uh, to beat the Las Vegas Raiders, which is Brady going to Vegas? No, he's That's he's not he's, leaving. He's he not is, leaving. He is leaving. Well, who for knows? Sure, maybe sports will be canceled forever anyway. You know what? Uh the I've seen the thing that a lot of teams they aren't even allowing their scouts to go anywhere. So, man, uh, listen, that makes me sad, but that seems like a between the bumbles topic. It does. Wow, nice. Uh, He's all business today, apparently. (laughs) Let's get this shit going. Obviously, Terrio's finances fell right through the floor, and the local credit union repossessed everything they could get their hands on. Thankfully, this is when his poor wife, Francine, washed her hands of him, and he would take up with Giselle full-time. Okay, well, Giselle's a little bit of a sexier name. Then then Francine, yeah. I didn't even think they had credit unions back then. Mm. I feel like I that might have been all banks. they had. Not like big yeah. banks, like yeah. local kind of deal. City mm. banks not opening up a, a location in Thetford Mines, Canada. They don't have Wells Fargo there telling people to open up accounts for their animals. I don't think so. <laughs> Although Rosh and Janelle were intimate on a more than regular basis, to keep up appearances, Terrio made a bed in the back of his truck to make sure everyone knew his scruples forbade him from sleeping with a woman when he wasn't married. Okay, all right. The time was right for Rosh Terrio to fall head over heels with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. The Adventists that he fell in love with were a small congregation led by a Guadalupean minister named Pierre Zita in a motel room every Saturday. Hey, I'd go to church in a hotel room right now. <laughs> so it's like, that much. It's like four people just sitting cross-legged <laughs> on the bed like, What can you tell us, Pierre? Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you remember, but Seventh-day... communion from the minibar. <laughs> oh, I'm Seven... doing Smirnoff communion today. 
remind me when you get to Bumbles. I have a story about a v- guy in a v- uh, buying vodka today when I was uh, at the liquor store. Anyway, was so- he an Adventist? He 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 bought a box of a hundred and twenty single shots. Whoa! And from what I was gathering, because he was arguing with the cashier, that the old owner or guy used to give him a discount. Sure, bulk pricing. The, yeah, yeah and, like, and the new guy wouldn't do it, and he was really mad. And he was, was trying to charge him full crate. Yeah. No, uh, you give that man bulk pricing. Come on. I now. mean, those are the power pellets he needs to get through his day. My favorite part was he took the big box of single shots, handed it to his wife in a Honda Odyssey, and then they drove off. Did he have to pay full price? Yeah, which oh, was, it was like $10 more. But still, man, I mean, if you're taking out that kind of inventory, give someone a fucking deal. At that point, the shop is just the pickup point between him and the distributor. That's you know exactly what I mean? Here's what, what I'm wondering. Why don't you just buy two bottles of vodka for $80? Because and then... the power pellets, you can have like 15 of them all over you. And Okay, yeah, I suppose. You gotta have the brain of a booze hound. An mm. alcoholic in order, to, in order for any of this to make sense. Yeah. Anyway, the whole point was Seventh-day Adventist is where, like, David Crush came from, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought, I feel like there's a few cults that have been spawned off oh, of yeah. this particular sect. Quickly, Rosh became their most devout follower. He began following Adventist nutritional strictness, and he also quit drinking, which was a huge feat for him. His enthusiasm for spreading God's word began to unsettle the rest of the congregation, and his boastfulness irritated other members, especially the ones that knew he had a 7th grade education. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> I learned about dinosaurs finally in seventh grade. <laughs> he knows multiplication. Because that's when Jurassic Park came out. <laughs> no, that's my first year in a public school. Wow. In seventh wow. grade. God. So I learned about penises, vaginas, Ooh. and dinosaurs. Now was... that's an info dump. <laughs> yeah. That's why you ended up the way you are today. I mean, had you stayed in Catholic school, all you... All you would have learned about was uh, young boys' buttholes. Mm. Yeah, you could have explored some caves. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like Phil and I have talked about this, but there, I we didn't know it at the at the time. But apparently, one of the priests that I knew and was trusted. molesting a kid. Yeah, that's the way it works. The and ones it, you know and trust are the yeah, ones that diddle. He ended up killing himself. So the priest, the priest. Well, yeah. Okay, good riddance. Rosh became deeply interested in the Old Testament. He really enjoyed the strict codes of masculine authority, and he became obsessed with the apocalypse, with its message of violent retribution for sin in the end times. Like his father in the White Berets, Terrio was incredibly gifted at selling the Adventist literature door-to-door. He did so well in this assignment, he was promoted by Minister Pierre Zita. Now Rosh was running the Quit Smoking Workshops, which were a way to recruit members to Adventist evangelism. This way, if they were successful in quitting smoking, they could give the glory to God for giving them the strength to quit smoking. Okay. And that would make them keep coming to Adventist Uh, church. Here's the ironic thing. Like, okay, what year is this about? Late 60s? Yep, 67, 68. So you were considered a piece of shit if you didn't smoke. So he's like... Everybody smoked then mm-hmm. because I mean, they didn't have like the the whole lung cancer and emphysema. Yeah, that wasn't invented yeah. yet. But he's <laughs> the liberals didn't invent that. That's my favorite thing. Oh, that shit's all made up. Yeah. You don't lung cancer doesn't actually exist. Uh-uh. Instead of a candy bar for when you're pregnant, <laughs> reach for a lucky strike. Make Ugh. sure to stick the baby 
Nine in the microwave ten. while you're cooking it. There. <laughs> Nine out of ten doctors recommend the smooth taste of camel. <laughs> it was probably only a couple months ago. I was just going through old cigarette ads, like looking at them and how ridiculous they are. Did They're you watch? Oh my ass. god! Did dude. you watch any of the Flintstones cartoons? <laughs> no, I didn't. I it was just a bunch of pictures and. There's whole Flintstones cartoons about how you need to smoke Winstons. Really? Yes. Fred Fred was <laughs> yes. a Winston boy. Oh, he's a Winston man. He says it himself. Winstons aren't that good. Hey, man, like two weeks of my senior year in high school, I smoked Winstons. a boy. They're... The S2s, the bright silver packs. Eh, just get Marlboros. Yep. Just go for the... Same price at this. Go for the red apple. Newport Reds, baby. Yeah. Terrio absolutely excelled at this position as well. And by 1977... Terrio had amassed quite a following within his little sect. They included Solange Bayard, 21, <laughs> Chantal Labrie, 19, Francine Laflamme, 18, Nicole Ruel, 20, a woman named Marise, 18. She was considered an outsider. Okay. Uh, Jose Peltier, 20, Jacques Fissette, 20-ish, Claude Ouellette, 24, and Jacques Guiger, 24, his wife Maurice, and their six-month-old baby girl. Is Jose a traditional French name? I don't it know. If is. I, it, it really is. It might Are be Jose. Sure? Uh, Jose. Uh, Josie. Yeah. Jose. You know, remember Josea from uh, Red Dead 2? Oh, he was Josea, wasn't he? Yeah, it was Josea. But yeah. that was like with the H O S E A A or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? People, I, names are dumb. You know what I always remember from uh, Red Dead 2? Shaw. Sure. You can't trust Trelawney. Can't trust Trelawney. Trelawney, you can't Trelawney trust runs at the first sniff of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> no, Trelawney. <laughs> I don't know why I always remember that part. Because you can't trust him. I guess. He's a magician or something, isn't he? He's like a con man, like mm. a fast talker. That's my boy. This motley crew began hanging out at his lover Giselle's apartment. Although most of the girls in the group still live with their parents, the whole group would spend their weekends and free time crashing at Giselle's. On the couch, on the floor, wherever there was space. Sounds like a bunch of hippies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did Giselle's just uh, have all the coke? Yeah, I think they were in, uh, I think they like the, the, the <laughs> hippie spinach too, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, uh, jazz cabbage. Mm-hmm. Mm. Terrio began convincing them all to drop out of college. After all, Christ was coming to cleanse the earth, and there was no point in learning skills for a world that's already doomed. That's a valid point. Giselle became jealous of the attention Rosh would receive from the other girls in the congregation. But as Terrio had ambitions of becoming a priest and had committed to total sobriety, she came to regard this as absurd. She didn't have to worry about it. What is it that attracts people about religious leaders? Is it power? Is it self? Is it the knowing more? Is it I, the knowledge? I don't know. I think it's you have to be very charismatic mm-hmm. to do yeah. it, and that draws people in. Like, oh, look at how confident they are in what they're saying, and just like their aura. I guess it's a good okay. look. It's comforting. Okay, Jordan. How in minutes? How long would it take you to touch yourself to a picture of Marshall Applewhite? Who the fuck is Marshall Applewhite? <laughs> the, the cult leader of Heaven's Gate. <laughs> He's on my background. Yeah. Well, I mean, on that. I... <laughs> is his charisma going to get you off? We're, we're going to have to go to decimal points. He looks like a little turtle. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. But if you look at a picture of this man... 
He's hideous. He's gross. Oh, yeah, no, they're not good-looking people. They're, but they they have a way of speaking. So it's all about how they can talk to you, how they can convince you. Yes, exactly. And they can make you think everything's your idea and stuff like that. I can understand if it's like a celebrity, Tom Brady, or Joe Namath, or (laughs) something like. Even Jim Jones was kind of hot. He was, actually. Yeah, that's the thing, like... If you're attractive, you don't need charisma. But if you're not, you need a lot of charisma. If you're an ugly fuck, you gotta make you gotta make people laugh. So clearly, exactly. Jordan has the most charisma of all of us here, right? I think he's the highest yeah, in charisma I points. I think so too. Well, that's shocking. We d- well, I'm you're ugly. Mar- I'm ma- ugly, and I'm not charming. But you just said you can have that and still have charisma to cover up all Yeah, that. I don't have charisma. I disagree. You're, you are married with a child on the way. That takes charisma. And I think, yeah, I think you got it. I think you nailed it. The remaining members of the motel meeting congregation, as well as Adventist ministers even higher up on the chain, became increasingly fearful that the group was more attracted to Rosh's personality than they were to the church. Deep in the woods of Muskoka, Ontario, <laughs> Terrio and his followers attended an Adventist retreat. Here, he added two new names to his following, Gabrielle Lavallee and Yolande Guinebert. Hmm. Rosh was so impressed with the scenery of the place, it gave him his first vision. Oh, okay. oh shit. That's how you take it to another level. <laughs> you got it. Add now the vision. Listen, nature gave me my first vision, not the LSD <laughs> I just took. <laughs> he smoked a marijuana cigarette. Now he's got the answers. Reefer madness. It needs to be put to a stop, people. It's a gateway drug. The sky lit with a white radiance. The voice of God told him the outcropping on which he was about to kneel was to become a holy place. With an entourage of eight live-in followers and a growing reputation as a healer, Terrio decided it was time to move his little family from Thetford Mines over to San Marie, 60 miles south of Quebec City, and open up the Healthy Living Clinic, an alternative medicine store where you can get organic foods and holistic literature to cure any ailment. Cash up front, of course. Mm, You know what I was thinking? Like, if this man was just in L.A., County right now in California, yeah, be a billionaire or Austin, Texas, or Austin, too. Anywhere hipster like open this shop, you'll have you'll have so much goddamn money. Won't even have to do the bad stuff he's gonna do later. (laughs) Oh, he does very bad stuff. (laughs) He thinks he can, it's not in this episode, but he thinks he can resurrect someone at some point. Oh, shit, he's got a strange way of doing it. That reminds me, David Koresh tried that too. Same way? Remember, he had the rec- resurrection off with the other guy right, for supremacy right, of the right. church. <laughs> Two necromancers oh battling. Oh, God. <laughs> Nerds, man. <laughs> yeah. Raj insisted they all wear a uniform, mm. an ankle-length pullover tunic, green for women and beige for men. Rosh would be wearing a dark brown robe of similar length. I don't get it. Is that, like, this is a cult thing, obviously. But Robes? This, it seems so uncomfortable. Yeah, is like smocks and robes. I have a man. I have to imagine like, they all well, seem like I mean, rough. I don't spun. know, man. It, it seems like it would be flowy around your legs and your crotch okay. region. Okay, so imagine, that might be nice. Imagine you are a the grandpa in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Right. They didn't seem real happy with their gowns on. They seem full of well, bed sores. They were bedridden. <laughs> yeah. Except Uncle Joe, who's a lion sack of shit. Yeah. yeah I he... haven't moved for 25 years. Oh, <laughs> fucking 
Let's go on an adventure, Charlie. Here I go. I think they needed a social worker to check on him because <laughs> he, he was definitely did. clearly lying. Listen, man, I think he just needed to uh, have his kneecaps broken to be like, you lied about it for how long? All right, now you're actually going to fucking be in here. To but, be real, I don't think they were on social assistance. They were drinking like gray water soup for dinner. So that's true. Unless one of them had a cocaine and problem. You know what? That's <laughs> karma for Uncle Joe lying about not being able to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just... He just I said, ultimately, that's the life I want to live. It's yeah. just Veteran. sitting in bed and watching TV. That's True. my ultimate goal in life. With two other old people. <laughs> yes. Granddaughter, if, pop if, my ass sore. If, like, either one of you, we can just sit in the bed and just enjoy life, you know, just I'll do wait it. to die. Yeah. It's a better version of hospice care. It, it'll be me and Amy <laughs> on one side and you and Adam on the other. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Terrio is making money hand over fist and also attracting followers. Several of the clinic's patients volunteered time and money back into the clinic. Leo Mark Fosher sold all of his worldly possessions in order to fund the clinic and moved in with his wife and the child to the commune. The group, the group began to take on a strange dynamic, with all of the females competing for Rosh's attention. As time went on, Giselle wanted more than anything to lock down Rosh and make sure he didn't fall for any of the other women's guiles. So she proposed to him herself. Wow. Okay. A week later, he agreed, and the two were married on January 8th, 1978, at an Adventist church in Montreal. There was no honeymoon, and the group piled directly back into the van for the five-hour ride back to San Marie. Terrio spent the entire trip joking and flirting with all the other girls in the van, <laughs> while Giselle <laughs> cried on a mattress in the back, letting it sink in more and more that the only reason he agreed to marry her was to cement his relationship with the Adventists in an official, sincere-looking marriage. Bumblebutt advice, number one, never marry a cult leader. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, no. Don't care. Just because... If, the, if you're getting culty vibes, don't yeah. marry them either. Maybe like an acolyte or something, but sure. definitely not the leader, because the leader is going to, male or female, they're getting it from every angle. And he didn't have 26 kids by not getting it. No. You know? No. They weren't delivered by storks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the gambit didn't pay off. The Adventists were unconvinced. Pierre Zita did his best to approach the parents of the girls who were falling for Rosh and approach Giselle directly, trying to convince her to leave Rosh and run. But all of the girls refused to speak to him or the police. Terrio was their face to the outside world, and even when local business owners began filing complaints against Terrio and the Healthy Living Clinic for their inability to pay, since they were a religious group, the police's hands were tied. So what 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 are they actually doing at this clinic, or is it just a front? Let's basically? find out right now. Hell yes. Oh, shit. March 1978. Leukemia patient Geraldine Auclair was admitted to the Healthy Living Clinic. In Quebec City, she had been undergoing treatment in a real hospital, and things seemed to be going well. Then Mr. Auclair fell for Rosh's charms and allowed Rosh to visit Geraldine in the hospital. Rosh got in a large screaming match with the doctors over the matter of Geraldine's treatment, specifically about the number of drugs they were giving her. Rosh convinced Mr. Auclair to check the 38-year-old cancer patient into the Healthy Living Clinic, where even her own father was no longer allowed to visit. Rosh Terrio's patented cancer treatment included grape juice and whole organic foods. Geraldine Auclair died in the clinic. Terrio told his fathers that he had gone into her room, kissed her, she had awakened from death. But in the end... You know when God wants people, he takes them. It was Geraldine's time. Great cancer treatment. Really fucking stellar. 
This is the Steve Jobs cancer treatment. Yeah, right rub an apple on it. You'll be fine. <laughs> Moving directly along, one month later in April of 1978, Terrio was voted out of the Seventh-day Adventist Church on Pierre Zita's initiative. Ooh. This didn't phase Rosh one little bit, and his next step was to marry some of his followers together, despite the fact that he had no legal or religious authority to do so. Not to mention, none of these women expressed any interest in marrying the men he picked. This is very culty. I was going to say. Very culty. Later on in the month, Giselle, very pregnant and feeling very neglected by Rosh, decided to give her husband an ultimatum. Either break up the commune and force his followers to find new homes, or she would move back in with her father. Terrio's answer was to smash her in the mouth and forbid her to live her room for two days. Oof. And forbid her to leave her room for two days. That escalated very fast. It went a little far. Yeah, just a little bit. When Rosh got excommunicated, the healthy living clinics started facing serious problems. First of all were those outstanding debts. Secondly, constant police surveillance since they killed poor Geraldine Auclair. And third, the cutting off of health food and missionary literature supplies from their former friends, the Seventh-day Adventists. So the police were actually... Kind of paying attention. Finally. It took an outsider, like an outsider to yeah, go die there I in feel, order. I feel like in America, they still wouldn't be concerned yet. The, yeah, <laughs> One murder, yes. they're not quite there yet. Like we can't go in yet. <laughs> we gotta wait for a few more bo- bodies to pile up. We can't yeah. be sure. Terrio decided it was time to get the hell out of town. Terrio told the group that the world would end on February 17th, 1979, Amid a storm of boulder-sized hail, earthquakes, and lightning, the commune would become God's chosen, but only if they made a righteous life for themselves in the scrub of these Appalachian foothills. Terrio, of course, would be their guide. Is this the year that the Dolphins went undefeated? Did they go undefeated in 79? (laughs) It might have been 78 or 79. Maybe it was 82. I don't know. If so, it was all thanks to Rosh (laughs) Terrio. Thank you, Don Shula. July 9th, 1978, the group set out on foot to the hills by way of the village of St. Jogue. They hiked for two days until they found an isolated hill beside a small body of water called Dry Lake. Mm. Terrio named the tiny hill... Eternal Mountain, <laughs> and it was here that they made their home. So they have literally a lake called Dry Lake. Dry Lake, yeah. That is can't be dry because there's water in it. Sometimes oh, it dries sometimes. Up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Listen, we cast right. our uh, lines into the sand, and we don't catch nothing. <laughs> Thought there'd be some bass over there. <laughs> the group erected a temporary tent city while they began construction on a large communal cabin. They worked at least 17 hours a day, clearing the land. Jacques Fassette and Claude hacked at the ground with a shovel and pickaxe for the entire summer to build a well. And when they finally reached the water table, instead of giving the credit where it was due, Terrio de- declared it a miracle. I mean, technically, it kind of was. They have fresh, clean water now, so that's a miracle. A lot of this is kind of like, did this guy hear about Jonestown's like, hey, I should just do that with these people. You know what's funny? What? He pays very close attention to when they move down to, uh, uh, where did they move? Guyana. No. Guyana. Yeah, Guyana. Terrio began rationing the food, and if anyone complained about it, he would punish them further by restricting their rations. You get two crackers instead of three. (laughs) Of course, that nagging ulcer problem prevented him from joining in the labor. And his role was much more important for their spiritual salvation. Well, yeah. 
drilling into their heads that everyone in the outside world, most especially their families, were oppressors of the righteous and were doomed for all eternity for the acts they inflicted on poor, innocent souls. Here's my thing. If you are this messiah from God, why would he inflict you with stomach ulcers? Yeah. Well, why did he kill his son? Well, I mean, he's got to give you them to make sure that, you know, you can't go wear yourself out in the fields. You've got to be ready for, you know, sermons and speeches and your body people. Your body may be broken, but your brain and spirit are one exactly. and full. You think you can't be- break your spirit, fucking mm. cutting down wheat. Mm. You you'd think he'd have like the power of Dick Cheney, or he's unkillable. You know, I yes. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yes, well, well Dick Cheney has money. <laughs> Dick A Cheney, lot of it. Dick Cheney has the curse from Dark Souls. <laughs> he's, he does. He's undying. <laughs> For some, this was all too much. Yolan Guinibert, who had joined up during the Adventist retreat where Rosh had his vision, claimed her passport was expired and she had to go back to France. Leo Mark Foscher, who had joined the AHLC with his wife and child, and who had given Terrio all of their money, packed his meager possessions in a cart and headed back to town. Rosh did nothing to stop them, but made it incredibly clear that they were evil in the eyes of God. So he's not, he hasn't escalated too bad yet. Not yeah. to like s- stopping them. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, obviously, his assault on his wife is yeah. horrendous, but uh, <laughs> his followers, he hasn't punished them And he's starving them. them. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. Once the lodge was completed, Terrio rebranded himself as Moses, <laughs> leader of the Exodus from the depraved modern world. Does he have a snake stick? I hope he does. I hope he does stick to snake. <laughs> That's my favorite spell. <laughs> With the collective welfare income of everyone in the group, they had a monthly budget of $1,400 Canadian. Okay, what's that in real dollars? I'm not even sure. I mean, it's not the, enough for all those people. No, is is the fourteen hundred in seventies money? Yeah, I mean that might be livable. Yeah, it might be, but that's livable. a lot of people. It's true. Moses declared all marriages in the commune, other than the ones between himself and Giselle, void. Mm. Oh. He began marrying the women to himself, <laughs> including Gabe, Gabriel Nado. A 21-year-old girl completely debilitated by multiple sclerosis. Thankfully, he didn't try to have intercourse with her. He did, however, have sex with all of his other wives. Okay, alright. He abandoned the Adventist die completely. He began eating meat and junk food with reckless abandon. He prostituted his main wife, Gabrielle, to local grocers for meat, milk, and cheese. Jesus. He also began drinking hard after two years of sobriety. I mean, might as well. Jesus did it. Yeah. Wash water to wine. <laughs> he would hold drunken, rambling sermons late into the night. And if anyone fell asleep, he would smash their heads with a four-inch thick club. Jesus. Jesus is this fucking Megan wow. from goddamn Walking Dead? <laughs> <clears throat> Maurice Grenier, pregnant at the time, ate two more pancakes and Terrio had allocated her, so he punched her in the side and broke two ribs. One of his favorite punishments was forcing someone to strip naked and stand in the snow for a couple of hours. No one fought back as they thought it would be like trying to fight back against God. Oh, yeah, he's Jesus. just a man. You you can fight back against him. Not if you're not if he not has, if you're brainwashed. Yeah, I know. if he basically this is it's I've always found it weird that these cult people somehow figure out a way to like starve people and weaken them like they subconsciously know. 
this is what you do to like get them to follow you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, to like, break them down. Yeah, like I don't, I've always thought that is weird. Like, how are they learning this? Yeah, I don't. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just, they're just like born with this power. I guess. Yeah, like they know how to like weaken and control people. It's just like the weirdest yeah. thing to me. I don't know. Marie's Grenier, pregnant and nursing her ribs, started planning her escape. Terrio instructed Jacques Grenier, Marie's husband, to cut off one of her toes with an axe. When Jacques said he wouldn't do it, Terrio began to taunt him. What are you, a faggot? You don't have any balls. If you want to be a man, you have to learn how to teach your woman a lesson. That, <laughs> That's that an outdated really word, uh, Mr. Roach. Or whatever. <laughs> 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 Roch? Roch. Roch. Okay, yeah, it's... Uh... Sounds like a shitty way to say Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Could you see this guy in Friends? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Having a little coffee, talking to Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, Lisa, I need you to be my wife and bear my children, Oh, please. man, Jen you Aniston. You want to be me a perk? <laughs> <laughs> see this big, fat, balding man with a big beard sitting on that couch in New York City? I need more potatoes. Hey, do you know which toe it was? Jock began to cry, so Terrio grabbed the axe and threatened to cut off all of her toes himself. Reluctantly, Marie's husband took the axe and severed one of his wife's small toes. That was all it took to make Jacques Grenier Moses' main enforcer going forward. Here's my... You have to have a little axe for toes, right? Oh, either that or you gotta be doing some bogus shit with it, like going real slow. Or yeah. like, have something to spread the to- toes apart, but why would you... Harm your spouse. Yeah. Okay, obviously that's that's, that's common knowledge here, but I'm saying if you have a fire axe like say Nicholas or uh, Jack Nicholson in the shiny, it's Uh, gonna be hard to get one little little toe, toe, yeah. Like you'd have to have a really good like chopper. It'd have to be like the tiniest little axe. I, I uh, if he was one of the fellas, he wasn't. If he was one <laughs> of the guys that dug the well, he would be pretty good at swinging mm. a. Maybe it's a pickaxe. Maybe they didn't clarify. Oh, pickaxe, he could maybe, maybe do it. That's awful. It is very awful, yeah, f- yes. What's wrong with you, Cody? I'm just saying, I. My, you, he's my, like, you sick fuck. My, he's looking for logistics here. My dad uh, had to have his pinky toe removed, so. Ugh. But that was, like, surgically done. Yeah, they didn't hold it on a stump and axe it off, right? He he does say he has a phantom pinky toe. Yeah, I've heard that. February 17th came and went without the second coming of Christ. Mm, No surprise. (laughs) According to Terrio, it was impossible to discern exact dates from the messages of God, as time passes differently for him than us. This explanation was enough to keep the group together somehow. After all, the end of the world could come any day. If it was a couple days after the prophecy, hey man, God's a busy dude. He, he is. Have you seen um, Evan Almightier? Oh yeah, Evan Almightier. <laughs> is it Evan? Well, Almighty? there's Evan Almighty and or no, Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. Yeah. Morgan Freeman says, "Fuck this, I'm not dealing with this horse shit." Have, have you seen how many it. prayers he has to respond to in a day? It's a prayer email. Yeah, it's probably like how many emails goddamn Alex Jones gets in a day. Oh. Speaking it's of Alex too Jones, much. he just got arrested for a D-dub. Oh. He's a lightweight, apparently. I yeah. heard that on a podcast. <laughs> hey, man. I, he probably is because he forgets his kids' names after he has a bowl of chili <laughs> for lunch. <laughs> a month later, ten police officers came down to the Eternal Mountain on a helicopter and arrested Terrio for obstruction of justice. 
He was ordered by the court to undergo psyche valve at the Quebec City Hospital. How the hell did they get their horses on the helicopter? <laughs> the Mounties. <laughs> get on, boys. We're flying our horses. We're going to storm the fucking compound. The Turtle Mountain. <laughs> yeah. All right, come on. Come on, horsey. There's some hay on here. Oh, well, if you say. <laughs> no problem. Why is this thing going around my midsection? <laughs> Lower them down with them on there. During his absence, Giselle was able to keep the morale of the commune up. All the while, he was convincing the doctors that he had saved these kids from drug abuse and put them on the right track. The director of the hospital actually started calling him Moses. God damn it. And expressed his scorn for the unwashed public that reflexively assumed that just because Terrio had a different lifestyle, he was crazy. Okay, confirmed he's very charismatic. <laughs> he got psychiatrists to think he's Moses. I, hey, technically, in a few weeks here, Ed Camper, same thing. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, everybody I loved mean, him. Everybody talking, loved Big We're Ed. talking two weeks. Yeah, I said two weeks, didn't you I? You said a few weeks. Few a is, few is two. No, few is two. A few is three. A couple few is, is two. two. No, a no, few no, no. in Wisconsin terms is three. In everywhere else, including Quebec, two. it's two. Few, I'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. That's two weeks. This only made his followers more convinced. He must be an emissary of God. If psychiatric experts couldn't find anything wrong with him, how on earth could they? In early November 1980, a man named Guy Veer joined the community. He was the first outsider to join since the closing of the Healthy Living Clinic. Oh, the Healthy Living Clinic closes and a, <laughs> someone named Guy joins. <laughs> Is just, Veer short for Vietti? He just oh. won. Did he show up this with is uh, his polarized Oakleys and frosted he, tips? He pulled his fucking Corvette right into the mm. coffee. <laughs> mm. It's a Camaro. Get it right, Cody. Oh, it's a Camaro, right? Don't disrespect mm. our flavor, Savior. That's a good point. After hearing about Terrio on TV, Veer decided to head to the hills and check it out. After passing Gabriel's entrance exam, Veer was permitted to stay on the commune in a storage shed away from the other members. He would get a wood stove, a case of 24 bottles of homebrew, two hens, a rooster, and one meal a day. And he took that rooster and two hens to Flavortown. That's right. This you know, is how it all got started. I think this man created Bobby Flay. Whoa. <laughs> Shit. It all comes full circle, somehow. Veer's job, in addition to the normal work of the cult, was to babysit the non-Terio children. There was Samuel Grenier, age two, Miriam Grenier, age four, and Simon Ouellette, age two. Veer was mentally unstable and had a history of violent depression, so he was unfit to look after the children of Terio's seed. But the other one's fucking. <laughs> and it sounds like they're giving him this huge role. It's three kids. He couldn't even babysit the chickens. Yeah, but... This cult has what, like maybe nine people? I think we're up to about thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, it's, oh, it, sorry. You know, it's, it's getting it, serious. It's, we're it's, rolling. It's burgeoning. Mm-hmm. The official version of Samuel Grenier's death was given in court by Terrio, Guy Veer, and most of the commune members, and it goes as follows: Two-year-old Samuel was crying and keeping Veer awake. Veer lost his temper and started screaming at the toddler. When he wouldn't stop, he picked up the kid by his throat and punched him in the face five or six times. The next day, Terrio discovered what had happened and placed Samuel into his own personal care. Allegedly, baby Samuel's head was flopping around on his neck and his penis had swelled up. Rosh took a pair of scissors and after sterilizing them in alcohol, lanced Samuel's penis to permit urine to flow out. 
The next morning, Samuel was found dead. And this is the accepted account. The court accepted account. Jesus, that is brutal. On the other side, according to the book Savage Messiah by Paul Kyla and Ross Laver, where I got most of this info, on the morning of March 24th, Samuel was found with some bruising on his face, but nothing else seemed to be wrong with him. However, Terrio decided it was time to circumcise him. He used 94% ethanol solution to sterilize the razor and then poured some into Samuel's mouth for anesthetic. This may have been enough to kill him by alcohol poisoning alone. Why isn't it 100%? I'm not sure. <laughs> Either way, after learning of her baby's death, Marie's je- grandier just uh, went back to work. At supper, Terrio suggested they burn the baby's remains, because if they buried them, birds or bears would get to them. Marie's and Jocks agreed, and burned the body, and life went right back on to normal. Six months later, Terrio flew into a drunken rage at Veer over some infraction, and decided he should be put on trial for killing the baby in March. Yeah. Terrio called a vote for castration, and of a jury of ten, only three voted against. The craziest part comes next. Terrio was actually able to convince Veer that it was a good idea. He claimed it was it would cure his headaches, as well as the excessive masturbation that was causing Veer's respiratory dis- difficulties. Rosh asked Veer to sign a letter of consent and said he wouldn't make Veer sign it unless he absolutely wanted to, and Veer signed it. Terrio had Veer lie on a table as Gabriel brought over the medical instruments, an elastic band, razor blades, a magnifying glass, tweezers, and that 94% ethanol solution. <laughs> What's the magnifying glass for? Is he throwing shade at this poor guy when he's trying to cut his balls <laughs> off? Jesus. <laughs> Apparently, the operation itself was painless, and the testicles were thrown out in a Kleenex. Ugh. Although Veer scrotum bled for a week, Gabriel gave him a new saltwater compress every 20 minutes and made sure he got plenty of iron. That Okay, Putting salt water, that has to hurt. Yeah, that's gotta not be great. Right? That's gotta not be great. <sighs> do you do you remember the pain Olympics? Yeah. Oh, okay, of was that fake? Yeah, it, some of it was, some of it was real. Okay, I remember when that was popular. Someone talked about a guy who like allegedly took a razor blade, cut his nutsack open, pulled his balls out. And then smashed him with a hammer. Yeah, I don't know if that's real or I not. I think I but... saw that when I was a kid, but I don't. Mm. Uh, I don't remember looking closely enough. Ugh. I just remember that was the natural progression from faces of murder or faces of death. Right? Okay, oh, I've yeah. heard faces of death is completely fake. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, think they've so. confirmed it's just a, basically a horror movie at sure. this point or whatever. Terrio now felt Veer was a security risk and enjoyed torturing him, beating him, and playing games where he would instruct his followers to plunge a knife through Veer's heart and bleed him to death, only to call them off at the last second like God did to Abraham. On November 5th, Veer escaped to the village of St. Jog, where he told the villagers that a baby had died after being kicked in the face by a horse. The police came in hard, arrested Terrio and the Graniers, found the baby's cremated remains, and relocated the seven children in the compound to foster homes. After the coroners determined that the group was criminally responsible for the death of two-year-old Samuel Grenier, the police made the following charges. Rosh Terrio, Jacques Grenier, Marie Grenier, Gabriel Lavelle, and Guy Veer, all charged with criminal negligence causing bodily harm to Samuel. Rosh and Gabriel were additionally charged with bodily harm with intent to mutilate Guy Veer for the castration. All of the accused pled not guilty. 
Jacques, Marie, Claude, Solange, and Guy were released on their own recognizance on the condition they not return to the commune. Terrio and Gabriel were denied bail as they were a danger to society. At the end of the nine-month trial, during which the commune members moved to the town of New Carlisle where the trial was held, Rosh Terrio was given two years in prison with three probation to be served in Quebec City. The group split up between four apartments in Quebec City in order to be near their, late, their leader. The police raised their commune to the ground and bulldozed the ashes. I think this is the end. Good job, guys. I mean, it's all settled now. Hell yeah, yeah. here we go. Just that kidding. Oh. It's just getting started. Oh, goddamn! I was going to say, I know enough about this story. It gets a lot worse. It gets a lot this. worse and doesn't get much better. Ooh, you know what? You know what's funny? I was going <clears> to <throat> tell you, you know, when you told me you were going to do this, I remember I had, I had, I had bought that exact book mm. long, long, long time ago, but I was kind of at the time, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do child murders. Yeah. So, so I just put it on the yeah. bookshelf. And you have the book? I have the book. Do you know that you can't fucking find that anywhere? Really? I had to Google. I, I Unfortunately, I had to torrent it. Uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, Amazon, be- no e-readers had it, and Amazon had it for $104 used. See, that was it. See, I got it used for like maybe $25 or something. This was like over a year ago. Yeah. And uh, I was looking, I was pulled it, I was like, maybe I should give this to Adam because whatever. And I opened the cover and it's autographed by the authors. No kidding. Yeah, so I bought no it used kidding. and it's autographed by the authors. Well, that's fucking amazing. It's pretty sweet. So yeah, because that wasn't uh, even like a wide, widely published book at all. No. It was a s- small, like third party shitty publisher. You can you can see because it's literally shitty font says Savage Messiah, and then it's just got a creepy picture of yeah. him on the cover. <laughs> That's great. That's great. But it's like five hundred some pages, so yeah. it's a big ass book. It's really good. It's yeah. really good. It's really well done. It Is was it? written by two journalists. So oh, mean, really? Yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah yeah yeah. It's uh, sometimes you find really good ones. True. So, uh, yeah, this, so you've been reading it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, okay. uh, that's going to do it for Anhill Kids part one. Mm. By part two, I will watch the movie mm. based on it. I can't remember. It came out in like the 80s or something. Really? It's, yeah. So, it's a movie based on it or is it a documentary? Movie. It's movie. a dramatic movie. Yeah. Really? I know this is, this story is. Oof, After doing really goddamn bad. Junko last week and this one this week, it's just like, shit that's a that's a lot of heaviness (laughs) and then you're gonna do ed for probably two or three weeks so but a big ed he's big ed (laughs) that lovable murderer it's (laughs) it's funny because we'll probably talk about it when we get in there but i read the one book that is like 250 250 pages from like a psychologist i think who talked with him Mm -hmm. but it was written in I think the 70s, right after he got convicted. So this shit in the book's like right fresh out of the press from sure. him, right? Sure. So I decided I better get another book just to like kind of... Like once the dust balance settles. It. Yeah, yeah, so... But yeah, Ed, uh, I'm going to do my best on Ed. Yeah, fantastic. I but, mean, he's uh, our he's our mascot. <laughs> I know, he's... He's an interesting. <laughs> After reading that book, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man! This uh, this guy's fucked up. He's fucked in the head. He, it's it's weird to say that this cult leader might act. I don't know. Is he more fucked up than Ed? Yeah, 
Okay, I've seen this he guy. Does, I mean, he is... does a lot of whack ass shit. Yeah. Later, you'll see it in part two. Oh yeah, I I knew there was more than just one body. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. do you know why they call them the anthill kids? We'll find out in part okay. two. Actually, you know what? I'll just say it now. Okay. Uh, when they are building their their next commune, mm-hmm. he he says it looks like. A bunch of anthills, yeah. They're all doing so good and working so hard that they're like a bunch of little ants. The uh, I know I've heard I I know I've heard that before, but I can never remember. I'm always like, you hear the anthill kids, and it sounds like a bunch of young kids who started to call. This is all adults. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like when Adam told me, it's like, what? It's just going to be a bunch of kids from the suburbs who go around teepeeing houses? (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's a fucked up backwoods doomsday cult. Yeah, it's, this is, did, I I feel like we talked about this cult on last week's episode. We did. The most fucked up things you can hear. Yeah, this one is, this one's bad. So brace yourself for next week. Ooh. And brace yourself by sending us a lovely email at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. We did get an amazing email, and I read it and responded, and that's it's great. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, it it was so nice. It was so nice. Uh, Also get in touch with us on Twitter at BumblebuttPod and Facebook and Instagram at BumblebuttPodcast. We also have a Patreon. Go there and go to the highest tier and -hmm. you can get a shirt. So (laughs) I'm guessing you guys didn't see it yet, but I was like I had Bowling for Satan, $15. Right. Then I put Bowling for Satan, Lane Demon is the 25 and up. So 25 and up will get you one... This is the best value because you can either buy the shirt, say, via Pi- PayPal or Venmo, or if you do the Patreon, you will also get the uh, the weekly or the monthly postcard. So and it's a better get, value. You'll and get caught stickers, up with a sticker. And the stickers yeah. and, and all of that, the shout out on the show. You get everything. That, so. You get oh, yeah. fucking everything if you're a $25 member. But. We appreciate every fucking everybody, level of membership. Everybody, so any bit is more than uh, I thought we deserved at some point. <laughs> yes, so. I figured the Patreon might be like <laughs> a Patreon. I feel like PayPal, you know, whatever. Maybe Patreon's the safest way if you want the shirt or whatever. Mm. So I figured that'd be mm. a good tier on there. So mm. yeah, it's great. That's great. Mm. Uh, that's really good. Yeah, get on that Patreon. Do all that Hell stuff. Yeah. Uh, now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody, the iTunes reviews. All right, we didn't get any new written ones, Mm-mm. but Sons we, of bitches. we... We got a hell of an explosion of non-writtens. <laughs> we did, uh, what was it, three? Yeah. Three or whatever, Ooh. so yeah, it's it's good. Jordan, your threats are doing wonders, apparently. Yeah, well, listen, I just wish some people would write them. Hey, you know what? Okay, I've heard this rumor that okay, so I'm using iTunes right now to look at them, right? And apparently, the iTunes and the Apple Podcast reviews are separate. Have you heard this before? I haven't. How many yeah. does it say we have on there? So it says we have 121 on iTunes. That's what it says on Apple Podcasts okay. on my I've, phone. I've heard this on different podcasts that you can like it keeps them separate because it's like a different platform. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I well, know that's a, really dumb. Here's the other thing. I know a lot of people we can see listen on Spotify, mm-hmm. which you should. Uh, if you hit the follow button, that's like a review 
on iTunes. Bop that follow button. So hit the follow button. It's all on you Spot- got to do. I don't, know anything. I don't know a single thing about Spotify. Listen, all it's going to do is send you a notification like, Bumblebutt Podcast released a new episode. Well, Apple Podcast does. does that too. That's yeah. what I do every morning. Now that I'm now officially with the times, I use my cell phone. Hit Spotify, oh God, yeah. open it, uh, look at all the new podcasts that have been released that particular day, and I listen to them all, and we're good to go. Now that yeah. you don't have to hook your goddamn iPod yeah. up to your computer yeah. and f- download all the latest <laughs> apps and load your podcast, load your iPod up? I had a reason, because I had a, a S6, and the battery, if I didn't even touch it, it would go to about 20% by the time I got off of work. Oh, fuck, yeah. Okay. And now that I have a brand new phone, like, I can listen all day and I'll mm. be fine. And it's at, like, uh, 80% probably yeah, it's, uh, it, So that's fine, but uh, before it was a problem because my phone would die instantly if I did that, so. But, well, let's yeah. get the fuck out of here, Yeah, huh? let's do yeah. that. All right, boys. Let's. That was great, and we'll do it again next week. Uh, I've been Adam. That's been Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. That's been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. All right, everybody. Have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. COVID-19, please don't (laughs) cough on me. (laughs) 